Welcome to Mighty Buildings Podcast. Each episode features architects, home builders, and industry professionals sharing their experiences, failures, and successes. At the end of each episode, we'll dive into how Mighty Buildings relates to the conversation through our use of 3D printing, robotics, and automation. I'm your host, Sam Rubin, Chief Sustainability Officer and one of the four co-founders here at Mighty Buildings. It is my distinct pleasure and uh, honor to welcome Stonely Blue, the co-founder and one of the partners at Urban Us, a leading uh, venture early stage investor for startups upgrading cities for climate. Welcome to the podcast, Stonely. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. It's it's a privilege to, to have you on here. I'm big, big fan of what you guys are doing at Urban Us and your work with Urban X and would, would love for you to maybe uh, introduce yourself a little bit and a little bit more about your work. Yeah, happy to. Um, yeah, so I am one of the co-founders um, and investment partners uh, at Urban Us. We started in uh, late 2013, 2014, uh, really in an effort to galvanize an ecosystem around um, the idea that uh, climate change would over time become one of the most important issues to work on and um, challenges to combat. Um, and secondly, that cities were um, pivotal um, uh, to um, uh, front, you know, t- uh, a front of fighting climate change, but also um, uh, probably the front of the uh, consequences uh, from natural disasters increasing from climate change. So we, we started with a decarbonization and a resilience upgrade premise around cities. That's and awesome. then the third, the third critical pillar for us was it both both myself and Sean, having come from um, startup background, having started our own companies, having um, invested in companies. Sean um, had a very successful angel investing career, um, and uh, you know we just really believed in the power of founders and startups to um, more more even than create new things, but to get great things out to the world. So it's been it's been great. It's been fun, and and yeah, twenty twenty we saw a huge surge in interest in climate. Um, investing come back to the front 2021 it's gotten even bigger and um, we're super excited to um, to see more opportunities to bring bring those three worlds together founders climate and cities yeah well it's obviously such a, such a huge need and something uh, where we at mighty buildings very very much share because um, obviously one of our big focuses is how do we build all the housing we need without exacerbating the climate crisis given the impacts of housing on that and so it's awesome that there's a and a fund like you guys out there that's really helping drive that innovation for the uh, for urban areas and for cities. One of the things we love uh, kind of talking a bit about uh, on this podcast because is uh, the challenges that people face in their journeys that oftentimes in retrospect actually end up being opportunities uh, that kind of help help land where you are. And would love to love to hear about some some of those experiences you've had in that regard. I think probably my first. Um... Uh, pivotal failure was uh, was um, in my my road to like technology went through a, a sort of divergent path through um, like network security and um, not the not the uh, official kind um, and so I got into a little bit of trouble in high school and it it um, <laughs> part of the reason why I had to work my way through college is that I, I debased myself in my senior year because of uh, run a run in with the law around. Uh, cybersecurity stuff. So, oh, so you went the war games route. Yeah, right. Which uh, they don't give you a degree for it. And it, 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 I mean, my, the only reason I bring that up is that it really shook my foundational confidence in sort of the traditional path forward and institutions. And so I think that was the seed of like the go it on your own and build something. Mm-hmm. And even in 
the worst possible thing you could think of happening to you, um, uh, you, you can still land, you know, you still have your health and your, and your mind and you can still build a life. And so all of that was like, well, what's the worst that could happen if I start this company or a company? Um, so that was probably the first pivotal, like, I'll never forget that lesson. Um, and I'd say my second pivotal lesson was a company that, uh, was doing fairly well. Um, and, uh, but I, I just remember a, a moment of sort of like, I, I guess you would call it a moment of Zen, but sort of the opposite. I just felt uh, a sort of emptiness, like, what's the point mm-hmm. of this? It's working, but I don't really care about it. Um, and I just, I, that, I, that really sat with me, like, and it drove the point, like, if you're going to build something, make sure you, like, care about it, because it turns out, even when you're successful at it, it matters if you care what you're working on, why you're doing it. Um, and then I, I had to get that lesson twice. I got hit on the head um, <laughs> on that lesson on another company that, did very poorly um, uh, uh, it drove me to uh, uh, deep sort of depression and anxiety. Mm. And again, I left, I was left asking, well, why am I working on this anyway? I don't really care about it. Um, and uh, so those were important lessons around having a mission and, and a long-term vision as to why you're working on something. And I'd say that the, uh, another random lesson was uh, one of the companies when I actually ended up working out, I had a, uh, a, a, a sort of customer data issue that um, I thought meant the end of everything. I was like, this company was actually working and I cared about it and I did everything right. <laughs> we screwed up on this one thing and um, we got our, we brought ourselves trying to fix that one thing, brought ourselves to the brink um, and uh, we ultimately got acquired. So we got saved in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um I guess the take there were two takeaways there, <laughs> like customer first and be obsessive about never failing your customer and never um, uh, uh, dropping the ball. Um, and and then the second lesson is even when things are at their absolute worst and seem like you've completely screwed up and failed, things can still turn around and turn out to be you know super successful. And awesome. that that, yeah. that was another lesson in entrepreneurship for me, which is like it can get tough, it can suck, but if you care about what you're doing and you're able to pull past that sort of one last turn past this isn't working. Um, it may actually work out in the end. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more on the, uh, the importance of purpose. Um, like, I mean, and and to me that kind of ties directly in with like sustainability writ large, although sustainability, I'd rather talk about resilience and regeneration, but that's all, that's a whole nother conversation, (laughs) but actually, but it is one that I think you guys are, are highlighting really, really well in, in, in your work and uh, in the companies you're funding, that transition from what does it mean to just sustain the status quo to really move into systems that are resilient in the face of what's coming down the pipeline, but also regenerative in helping us identify ways to pull ourselves back from the brink in, in terms of thriving as a species. Because let, let's be honest, the planet, it'll adapt, it'll be okay. Yeah. Not 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 sold on humanity yet. Right. Um, yeah, that's the, what I try to remind people. It's kind of like uh, coronavirus, right? It's like, you yourself maybe low percentage that you even have symptoms um, or that you'll you know have a really tough time if you get infected or that you'll you know god forbid um, you know you'll face mortality like incident but your likelihood of spreading it and then someone else having to deal with all that is fairly high so yeah. if you think of it from a systems perspective it's less about um you know the individual and it's more about the system and, and how we operate within it um and uh you know the funny thing in in the human to earth d- dynamic is it's the opposite 
it's like one we're one out of many 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 species more than we even realize and you know we'll take a few with us um but (laughs) earth overall and many other species will go on just fine so it's really a question of how how much we're enjoying the ride on spaceship Mm -hmm. and, and how we want how much we're willing to uh adjust so we can enjoy the ride a little longer yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a great great perspective, um, and I, th- I think it's great that you guys are out there kind of helping helping drive that too. And in that regard, I would love to hear about some of your some of the exciting companies you guys are working with uh, that are that are helping kind of create that reality that are, that's going to allow us to uh, to thrive uh, into the well into the future, hopefully. Yeah, um, I mean that's always a tough question because we we do um, we have almost a hundred companies now. Um, we, we, so many make- favorites, not the right. Let me, let me take favorite yeah. back. Um, cause since as an investor, they're all your favorites, right? Um, right. <laughs> but so, some of the ones that are particularly like maybe doing things differently, that are like particularly differently or particularly unique. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to add that, like, we're also super early in, in, in almost all of our companies' lives. Um, so, you know, there's a real, uh, relationship, uh, with the founder there in um in in almost every case and there's a a real affinity and connection and purpose to what they're building so it's you know it's like we invested because we love them and we continue to as long as they keep um building and even beyond then we continue to be their biggest fans um i would say it, it as far as highlights um maybe uh the easiest thing to point to um and maybe just not not necessarily the most fair, but in this case, um, maybe maybe it does correlate. But you know, as far as valuation and funding and and sort of company metrics, we do have some standouts now. A few companies that are um, uh, either publicly announced as sort of unicorn rounds, or will soon do so, or have the metrics to more than do so. Um, and so it's easier and easier to be like, well, you know, which one is your um financial favorite um uh but but as it turns out they're also huge huge um impact i mean probably yeah there's some sort of confirmation bias there because all of our companies are impacted (laughs) and and if any of them become a unicorn we're going to retell the story as to how we knew exactly how they would ultimately succeed like this um but you know we are um uh huge fans of bowery farming uh Mm -hmm. for being in that dynamic of sort of like super successful progress from a um uh from a financial perspective they just announced their um 2.3 million dollar uh, billion dollar round awesome. um congratulations what, on that yeah thanks what, what yeah. they're doing is um yeah we've been investors in them since their seed round um just before their a um irving the ceo and sean are um you know they're 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 they were they were friends before Bowery and from, from his investment in Irving's previous company. And so um, there is an affinity for the founder, but it, especially a good alignment around um, the, the what Irving wanted to build with Bowery and, and Irving and his team wanted to build um, a more resilient food supply chain, which, you know, what at first bluff doesn't look like, um, you know, climate meets cities in any way. But the reality is that most food is consumed by the middle class yeah. and most of the middle classes in cities. And there's a lot of carbon-related um, overhead to getting that food to the where it's consumed. Um, so on the one hand, like there is a emission reduction um, uh, uh, play just from bringing food production closer to consumption, um, and then on the and then on the other side, there is a um, 
a resilience um, element mm -hmm. um, as we think about you know weather systems um, uh, being further and further disrupted by climate change. Um, our existing food supply chain uh, probably won't look the same over the next few decades, and in some cases, that may be a very dramatic change that may leave um, a lot of populations exposed to food poverty and um, having technologies that can scale, um, in this case, vertically, no matter what the outdoor conditions, I think is critical to um, being remaining resilient in a, uh, a climate change sort of baked in future, which is where we are. Yeah, no, I, th I think that that's awesome. Like the whole concept of distributed production, particularly when it comes to food systems, and also given obviously given the huge impact that the agricultural sector has on global emissions and on global impact, um, and, and how it's, all the different systems ties into, I think that's that's yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, and, I, mean, and, yeah. I was just going to add. I mean, I think that the other element, like the underlying element of why we care about like climate cities and all, it's it's we do just genuinely care about quality of life, not mm -hmm. just for humans, but for everyone, but in this case, like there's a there's an element of food production um, needing to be more and more like semiconductor manufacturing. Um, increasingly, uh, we think that automated environments are going to help steadily drive down the cost of production and reduce, as I mentioned before, weather risk. So, um, you know, some some of Bowery's farms are you know going to be so much closer to the point of consumption, which will um, you know, reduce waste and emissions and, and provide flexibility um, uh, that, that we just haven't seen before with food, with food systems, uh, starting yeah. where they are and scaling up to other food products. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, and just the idea of being in an urban center and being able to get fresh, fresh vegetables, like um, instead of having them having to be pricked, picked when they're before they're ripe and then ripening while they're, they're being shipped. And it's like yeah. also the quality just along with the, the impacts. But would love to uh, hear what you're seeing kind of coming down the pipeline in terms of trends and and new ideas that you think could really really be game changers and that that uh, some of our listeners may or may not have uh, heard about yet. Yeah, um, I, I guess on the complete other side of our of our um, portfolio pipeline, um, one of the newest investments uh, that I've been more personally um, hands on with is uh, is Dorothy. Um, uh, the, their website is for anyone who's curious is uh, hidorothy.com. Um, Dorothy, like the uh, Wizard of Oz, and um, <laughs> uh, uh, and and the founder and the, and the team, um, uh, Ariana is uh, building um, uh, an interesting solution at the intersection of um, uh, economic resilience and climate resilience, um, and uh, building a new financial product that. Um, helps close the gap from disaster to recovery. Um, oh, wow. And so, you know, I think that, um, you know, we're going to see some really interesting things from the insurance industry and from federal support for recovering from disasters. And um, the current solution sets are not built to um, truly help in the frequency and, and um, uh, weight of natural disasters that will disrupt sort of businesses and lives. So, one of the biggest areas of innovation around climate resilience is uh, is are going to be financial. Um, mm -hmm. This is also true on uh, the climate um, sort of uh, uh, carbon emission reduction side. A lot of the technologies that can help take a huge chunk out of our carbon footprint exist, and so we have companies in our portfolio. Another company that comes to mind, Pearl Street, um, which is geared towards helping um, finance and scale sort of hardware-driven emission solutions as a big chunk of, of their example client base. So I think that like the fintech element of 
climate are one of the more interesting areas for me right now. Awesome. Yeah, no, that uh, really, really resonates, particularly with what Hi Dorothy is doing. I was just hearing, listening to a, a piece on KQED the other day talking about the PG&E settlement for the fires. And some of the people who are just now maybe getting a portion of a payout they're entitled to have been waiting since 2015. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, are, and are living in trailers as a result. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Life, life for them over the next, over the last few years could have been completely different. Um, had there been a solution to close that gap. Um, and, you know, uh, it's a shame that, that, that we are not more prepared for a reality where we've sort of foresaw more climate disasters and now they're happening. And so we've got a lot of catching up to do. And that's, I think a very huge opportunity for Dorothy, for Ariana and the Dorothy team. Yeah, that's, that, that's wonderful. Um, any any other trends or, or exciting technology that, that you're seeing outside of just kind of the finance and just more opportunities to both help people, but then also unlock financing for some of these new ideas? You know, carbon um, tr- trading and uh, carbon credit um, markets are they're they're tough in a way that it means there may be a really big opportunity there. The way they're traditionally set up um, is too cumbersome. Um, uh, and then some of the more nascent newer solutions are, uh, they don't have enough robustness. <laughs> so the other side of the spectrum is there's a lot of fraud and, and sort of lack of accountability. So there's somewhere in the middle that, um, I think there'll be startups that ri- that arise from that gap and uh, actually produce, um, uh, a product that companies and even people are willing to pay for to help offset their footprints, um, you know, as a stopgap to, getting distribution on more of the solutions that will actually lower our footprint. Uh, you know, I want to keep in mind that, you know, that I want to just note that that carbon credit and carbon um, offsets, uh, you know, again, until there's a lot more robustness may just be buying a, a sort of a, a emotional or, or conscious pass mm-hmm. as opposed to actually helping solve the problem. But as we find more robust solutions that are still at the same time, easy to adopt and track and, and don't come with a lot of overhead, I think, it, it can scale to have a huge impact. Um, and then this ties back to um, things around ca- carbon sequestration, which we're not heavily invested in. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, but I think it's, I, I do think it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, there are, again, there are technologies that are, that exist that have maybe a few more tweaks before they can be widely distributed. Um, mm-hmm. One of the biggest areas, I guess, to, uh, to add one more that I'm excited about seeing come to fruition is electric um, and, or just non-petrol fueled flight um Mm. it's it's one of the biggest individual footprints uh that that we have um and you know and then the the wealthier of us um uh have an even more weighted average around that footprint and they have a a significantly higher weighted average around carbon footprint Mm -hmm. and a big chunk of that is still is flight and so if we can solve um, air travel, um, we take a, a giant chunk out of everyone's, uh, out of the global emissions equation. Awesome. Yeah. And no, I, I was just reading earlier today about uh, a company, uh, what's it? Hybrid uh, HAV that bringing uh, back, uh, bringing back Zeppelins. Very yeah. excited. <laughs> There's a lot of fun stuff that mm-hmm. could replace petrol fueled flight. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. And uh, man, just keep going, keep talking here. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. It's been an honor and a privilege to have you on, Stonely. Again, uh, guest today is uh, Stonely Blue from Urban Us. You can find out more about them on their website, urban.us. Um, and yeah, really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with us. Thanks so much, Sam. This has been a pleasure.